Hey guys, welcome to Outside the Game. I have Dr. Dawn back for episode two because mental health has been such a constant topic of the Olympic Games. We filmed this episode after Shakari Richardson was banned from competing because she tested positive for a chemical found in THC. During the Olympics, we've seen athletes openly talk about their use of CBD to help heal their mental and physical health. So what's the difference? We're going to take a deep dive. So track and just a little recap, um, track and field star Shakari Richardson, she was suspended for a month um, after testing positive for a chemical found in THC. Now that means she will not be able to compete in Tokyo. She's the fastest woman in America. So you and I, you and I have spoken about this uh, before. The thing that really stuck out to me was in her interview with the Today Show, which was so heartbreaking. And Shakari was so strong, but she said that she had learned from a reporter that her biological mom had passed away. A reporter told her that. And so she smoked to kind of take some of the stress off. Obviously, she had a ton of stress, but then you add that to it. Nobody knows what her relationship was like with her biological mom. We saw her hug her grandma after the meet. That moment went viral. So everyone knew that she had a great relationship with her grandma. Nobody knows anything about her biological mom. Um, so I just wanted to hear what your first thoughts were from a medical standpoint when you watched, when you watched all this unfold and then you watched the interview the next morning. You know, I first thought, here we go again. Um, first of all, I, I thought about her. I thought about Shakira. I thought about what was going on in her mind when, you know, she, when she was asked from a stranger or actually told, excuse me, from a stranger that her mom had died. And, you know, it instantly triggered my mom's death, you know? So when we actually look at, you know, celebrity stars, anyone on TV, one of the things that we have to understand is that we see ourselves in them, right? That's a part of kind of the, um, the joy of watching athletes perform. For example, we see some part of ourselves in them, whether they're from our state, whether they you know, um, are competing in a sport that we love or that we used to compete in, so on and so forth. So the first thing that came to mind was, wow, I'm, I'm hoping that she's okay during this interview. You know, during this interview. Um, and then the second thing that came to mind is, I mean, it just triggered my own emotional response as well and how I heard about my mom's death. Um, so after I got that personal part out, out um, it, it just really, I, I was floored, I was livid, mainly because oftentimes athletes are projected to this type of interview, right? We've talked about this before, Deandra, where, you know, the interview is somewhat not about their performance, not about the competition. It's about a personal, you know, situation that they did not give consent to to discuss. And this is a situation which she wasn't aware of and how heartfelt the situation was. Mm -hmm. And it made it, it made it invasive. It was invasive. It was inappropriate. It was devastating um, to hear that this has happened. Um, and, and at this highest level of performance as well. I mean, this is a person that's competing on the biggest stage of her career and how young and brilliant she is. Mm -hmm. And so um, it, it was devastating to hear, but it also reminded us what we talked about as well is how important mental health is for athletes and how important it is to have the conversation about media and the type of questions should they be asking when, during a competition or even following a competition as well. 
Yeah. It's so funny. Cause we're, we're having the same conversation that we just had a month ago with yeah. in regards to Naomi Osaka. Obviously this is a different situation, but talking about boundaries and media invasive was the first word that came to my mind as well as it's not your job to invade somebody else's boundaries. <laughs> that was the first thing that I could think of, like, this isn't your job. Um, and just to kind of go back to that and you just mentioned it, but my next one was, I was going to say, like, we spoke a little bit about in the first episode, we talked about some of the pressures that professional athletes face. Now, when you're talking about the Olympics every four years, that's the only time you get to compete in the Olympics. So this is huge for her that she's going to miss these games. Obviously she's young. Like she said, she's going to have another shot to do it. Hopefully you hope that the stars align and that's what happens, which I believe that it will. But, um, when we're talking about the pressures that athletes face and where the media comes in to this, we spoke about this last time. Can you just talk a little bit about what even Olympic or elite athletes face some of the pressures that they face before and after these competitions for her, it's the Olympic trials and the Olympic games. So when that reporter crossed that boundary and told her that, like, what do you think some of the things that could be, have been going through her head before that, even before he said that? I mean, just thinking about what she just accomplished, yeah. <laughs> what she worked so hard for, what her family sacrificed. I mean, she's talked about having all these things on her shoulders, right? Mm -hmm. um, and how, I mean, she probably wasn't even able to process what just happened. Mm -hmm. You know, she actually beat her own score. And, and here she is set to, you know, embark upon the next biggest stage, the ultimate stage of her career. So she hasn't even been able to process that yet. And so here's another type of question that comes or, you know, statement that comes abroad and is, it just throws her off, throws her off. So how do you manage all those things? How do you manage all those emotions? Um, and, the, and the levels, right? So one is exciting, it's frightening, it's, 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 surprising on one hand yeah. and then all of a sudden here we go from one emotion to the the next it's devastating heartbreaking and probably she was in shock mm -hmm. and and it, it, the human mind is just not able to process that like that and I think she did a very good job in in just recapping you know a little bit about what she felt um, you know, she acknowledged that this was a stranger. She acknowledged that, you know, even though, you know, she didn't give the details of her relationship, which she shouldn't have to. Um, but, you know, it was devastating to understand that that was the type of question after she just did something amazing. And now you're bringing, you're not even questioning about what she just accomplished. So how, how, how does she feel about that? Right. I mean, in a sense, disregarded. Yeah. In, in my mind. Um, yeah, so I, I'm, I'm sure there was a lot of emotions and thoughts that she had during that time and probably when it wasn't able to process and difficult to process. And her. also, I, I just keep thinking like, and we talked about this in the first episode as well, but if she did have any kind of traumatic relationship with her mom, which so many people do with their parents, you don't know what people go through in their childhoods, you know? Um, that is a whole nother layer to him asking that question. That'll send her to a, a totally different place. It is. And, and we don't know, I mean, we don't know, but I, it is something that you have to be aware of. That's right. That's right. You're exactly right. So just as you spoke on, if it was traumatic, it might've been a trigger, but even, you know, I, I, I also help manage individuals who don't have a relationship with their parents and it's still a trigger 
because now that relationship is permanently lost. Like they can't rectify it, right? They, there's, there's no chance to come to terms of, well, let's see if we can, you know, come together again. Mm -hmm. um, so regardless of the relationship and regardless if it was close or not relationship, there's not a chance at all. And so um, even I've, I've, I've seen individuals who never knew their parents mm -hmm. um, and heard that their parents had died and they're devastated. Yeah, so, yeah. you know, it, it, it's, it's, yeah, it's just heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking. It really is. It, it, it hurt my, it, I hurt for her when I was watching that, especially because this is not, I know she said she's going to be at Worlds, which is awesome and she's going to kill it, but it's the Olympics. You know, <laughs> you only get every, once every four years. That's it. That's so it. Can't wait. And I, I just really want to say this again, Deandra. It, it you know, it, it just fuels my fire because I think we're really seeing this over and over again. We're seeing it with Venus Williams. We saw it with Serena. We saw it with Simone. We saw, it with, uh, you know, Osaka. We, we see it with her, um, Shakira, that... <laughs> Whatever they're going through, regardless of what the question is, regardless how it was rephrased, if it was appropriate or not, at the end of the day, do these wonderful individuals who are just happen to be athletic have, you know, mental health support on their on their spot, mm -hmm. right? Because if I was her psychiatrist, what I would have done if I would have seen that interview, mm -hmm. I would have immediately called her, asked her how she was doing, and then immediately come up with a treatment plan. Mm -hmm. So that we can work together and try to, you know, cope with this mm -hmm. using healthy tools, techniques, styles to make sure that she's okay. Mm -hmm. Because when you're interfering, when, you know, a personal life is interfering with your career, let's think about us. Mm -hmm. How do we deal with that? We, uh, you know, we have a chance of taking time off. We have a chance to take a short term leave if we need to. Mm -hmm. She doesn't. And as she stated, she was, she, she was, all eyes were on her. She had no room to escape. Now I'm not condoning what she's done, but I understand it in the sense where she didn't know how to cope. And that's what my concern is at this height of a level. Why aren't we here to support how these athletes are coping, you know, while they're, you know, representing our country? Yeah. That stood out to me too, is she didn't have somebody that she could call that was right there, like a support system almost that she felt comfortable. I, I was like thinking, like trying to even put myself in that position, but I'm like, she didn't have a support system right there that said, hold on, let's figure out how we're going to work through this. We're going to find a healthy way to do this so that you don't risk anything that you've already been afforded, <laughs> like going to the Olympics. You know, she didn't have that. There was no mental health support for her from what I took from that, because she immediately just did what she could at that time to feel better. Right. Exactly. Uh, it's exactly. so sad. I, I just, I hate seeing this for her. Um, and, and I wanted, this is also like, I feel like we're just adding to each other's conversation, but I, I, I also wanted to, the last part that I wanted to ask you about is we talked about with Naomi Osaka, we talked about what a good solution, a healthy solution would be for that situation. And I want to know what you think it would be for this one as well. And you kind of added to it what you would do if you were her psychiatrist. Mm -hmm. We've seen other athletes. This needs to be pointed out that we've seen other Olympic athletes afforded empathy and compassion, even when it comes to smoking weed. Like we've seen this other athletes be afforded empathy. 
Um, but I, I just want to know like what you think that the healthy and, and right solution would have been for this. The interesting situation about this was that this was an international stage. Mm-hmm. And so there's so many more comp- you know, complexities that come into this conversation mm-hmm. because it's an international stage, just like a Osaka situation. The affordability of empathy when it comes to marijuana, um, I think the conversation continues needs to happen. I think that some parts may be outdated, other parts really do need to be discussed. Mm-hmm. Um, because so many athletes are saying, hey, this help us relax, so on and so forth. And I don't wanna get into the medical jargon of how this affects because it is a performance enhancement drug. But what I would say is it's time for athletes to come together and have these conversations with the boards. Mm-hmm. Let them know what you know your position is on this because although it's not federally legalized, it is legalized in what eighteen states right it's, now. It wasn't the state where she did it. It, it was the state where she was exactly, and you know the contradiction was that it was against the rules for which she was competing in, mm-hmm. but she was right legally. So you you see that if this is an issue with athletes, it's, it's also an issue with federal and state, right? So it is a discussion that we really need to talk about and also bring in the medical community about this and how it, you know, it is also recognized as a performance. You know, when you talk about performance enhancement drugs, many individuals are trying to understand what that means. So from cannabis, it's calming, it's relaxing, helps with anxiety, it helps with focus. I mean, we have this conversation with ADHD community, mm-hmm. right? we're not necessarily making enough of neurotransmitters or they're not necessarily active or long enough in the synapse to where we can focus long enough. And so it really puts us behind the starting line, not at the starting line. That's kind of our argument. When you're talking about cannabis and you're talking about anxiety, does that put them behind the starting line? Because it has nothing to do with their skill and talent, but is that enhancing their performance? And that's why it's such an issue and a conflicting issue um, for, you know, the sports world in making it a performance enhancing drug. Not to get like too into the drug conversation, but couldn't mm-hmm. you say the same about, um, antidepressants or an anti-anxiety medication taking that compared to, you know what I mean? Because you're allowed to take those. Um, you are, you are, but the issue behind, um, antidepressants is that with serotonin, we're not, you know, the individuals who have depression or anxiety, mm-hmm. there's, there's something different with their neurotransmitter, um, supply, if you will, or activity. Okay. So in some circumstances, they're not making enough. And so that's what the drug replaces mm-hmm. is that it produces more, um, you know, of these neurotransmitters, serotonin, norepinephrine, dopamine, in order to allow for someone to relax or, you know, or treat depression, clinical depression. When you talk about cannabis, however, it actually is, a, it, it actually doesn't replace, you're actually taking something that you may not necessarily need. Okay. So it's, 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 it's adding um, to the transmitter activity. But again, this is the issue that I have is that so many athletes, because first of all, they're human. And right. if mental health is one in five, one in four in a general society, one in five, and then one in four in athletes, mm-hmm. they're more susceptible to mental health conditions. What if she has anxiety? What if she yeah. has depression? Yeah. Because individuals with depression and anxiety actually use cannabis. And I mean, legally, like in California, there's certain part of the plants where mm-hmm. it's legalized 
for uh, actual treatment of anxiety or depression. Mm-hmm. You know, see what I'm saying? So yeah. that's what I, that's why I'm preaching is, is if, if they had mental health providers that can actually evaluate for what if she has an anxiety condition, Yeah, if this is how she's been managing it, but there's a healthier way to do it. That's legal in her sport. Mm-hmm. Then that could be an avoided, you know? Wow. So these are, yes. Yeah. They need more ad- athletes need advocates like this and hearing you talk about and talk about antidepressants and, and cannabis and all of that and how it's all, everything needs to be updated because society is changing. This is so different. we have medical facts that back this up. So it's just a conversation that I'm like, I hope that this keeps going. I, I hate that she had to be the reason why this conversation is happening. And I'm sure she's dealing with so much more now. I mean, you know, she's dealing with so much more now than she was before. It's exactly. I, I, I speak for her, um, you know, and, and I, and I hope that, um, she does come back, um, you know, even stronger mentally, emotionally, mm-hmm. as well as physically through this. Um, yeah. Yeah. But she's, she's actually changing the culture. She is without even, she didn't even mean to, (laughs) that's how it happens. And I, you know, I feel bad for the, the people that, you know, change makers, that's, they go through the struggle. Um, well, thank you so much for, for coming on again. If you haven't listened to the first episode, go back. That was just a month ago and here we are again. So, uh, I'm sure we'll keep having these conversations because everything will probably evolve from this. And if it doesn't, something else will happen and we'll have to come on again and have this conversation again. I would love to, Leandra. Thank you for having me. Thank you so much, Dr. Dunn. Yes. Take care. Nothing can stop me. I'm all the way up. All the way up. All the way up.